Health is deeper than just physical appearance. When you bring your entire self, body, soul, and spirit in alignment with God's will, there's nothing you can't do. If you're searching to create a manageable blueprint for long-lasting health that is fun, inspirational, and transformative, where you can combine the science of today with biblical truth to develop a plan that you can feel good about, look no further. Welcome to the Fit Christian Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Bryant. I'm a wife, mom, daughter of the king, and clinical exercise physiologist. I'm also the owner of Tampa, Florida's most convenient mobile personal training services, Atmos Effect Fitness. Not only do we bring the fitness to you, but we create an atmosphere where you can feel confident, focused, and able to crush your goals on your terms. In this podcast, we'll journey through fitness using my approach to health that combines 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 with modern science. Because God made you one of a kind, so you would glorify Him by treating your body and your health like a temple. So if you're ready to align your body, soul, and spirit with God through a health and fitness routine that meets your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, sweet friend. Fill up your water jug, put on your yoga pants. It's time to get fit. Hey friends, welcome in. I am so excited. This is going to be an episode full of scripture and that just delights me. And I bring this up because today we will talk about who we are in Christ. And Tammy teaches us how our thoughts can become our belief systems. So if we're not 100% sure who we are, then we can easily believe what others say about us or we can find our worth in our identity in areas of life like mom or our careers, or even worse, we can really let our feelings kind of declare who we are. So it's so important to get rooted in truth because when we're confident about our identity, we can really get clear on our actions, our purpose, and our calling. And identity really was the catalyst for me and my relationship with Jesus and my freedom in all of my freedom. Finding my identity in Christ freed me from warped body image issues, a poor relationship with food, and comparison. So I just hope that this episode is really a blessing to you. Because what this identity gave me, what identity in Christ gave me, is sure footing and confidence and strength to continue It emboldened me to do what I'm doing today. When I sit here and I I talk about Jesus with you and I share about your health journey, this is all because I am confident in my identity in Christ. And I want to remind you, as always, and especially if you're a new listener, that I am nothing special. Everything I can do, you can do it too. Depending on gifting God's given you, you can probably do different or greater things than I do. And I just kind of tell my story freely to encourage you and to walk alongside of you. And if it's okay, today I want to be vulnerable and share a part of my story with you, and especially surrounding identity, because just like I mentioned a minute ago, it truly was the catalyst in finding freedom and strengthening my dependency and my relationship with Jesus. The first part of Revelation 12, 11 says this, 
They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, meaning that we triumph over Satan when we share what Jesus has done in our lives because he is hope. And when we share what Jesus did for us, others believe it's possible for them too. So I want to encourage you always to be talking about Jesus and what he's doing in your life and sharing with others because it brings freedom to them. It plants those seeds and it can help others to know him on a deeper and a richer level. And I share this because we serve an abundant and a limitless God. And he doesn't just want to give me good gifts, but he wants to give them to you too. So let's get into it. My story really kind of started about four years ago. When my family was uprooted and we moved a thousand miles away from everything that I knew, moving or being somewhat distant from family was nothing new. I was about two hours away from my family, but now I'm many states away and from one end of the country to the other. And we moved for my husband got a great job opportunity with the company that he has been with for a while and he's still with. And it was a beautiful opportunity. But with that came some loss, for me at least. I was no longer with my family being close by. I left all of my friends. I came knowing no one. And I left a great job, a job that I truly loved and cherished and felt like I was making a difference in people's lives. So I loved my job. And when we left, it was, of course, exciting. I'm always looking for a new adventure. But after a while and sitting with it, I kind of started to get depressed. I was meeting a few people here or there, trying to find some friends, some church family, really still looking for a job. And that was really important to me. Even if it was a part-time or a full-time job, I didn't mind. I didn't care. I wanted to continue to do what I thought gave my life purpose. And I was really sad and reluctant to give that up. And I continued to search for a very long time to find a job. And going through that, and when I kept getting either no interest at all, or I would get these kind of strung along on these possible opportunities that never really turned into an interview or anything progressed from that, it was really depressing. I was sad. I was lonely. I was scared. I was living in the past because I was dreaming of our previous life and the job I had and the friends I had and how close family was. And I was really stuck. I thought that by getting a job, it would, of course, bring friends and socialization, which is true to some extent. And I also thought that it would stop me from being lonely. It would and me feeling depressed because I would have purpose again. And I was really putting a lot of emphasis and stock and worth on this job. And I think that's really easy to do on any title that we carry. So for me, it would have been my role, my career as a clinical exercise physiologist. But women can do this as their role, not only in business, but as mom, right? We can continue to constantly pour into our children and into our role as wife and mother to find our fulfillment. So although mine might have looked different and I was trying to find my fulfillment in a career, 
we can easily do this as women in our role as mom or caretaker or wife or, you know, fill in the blank. We can easily get so wrapped up in what we do that we forget really who we are. And that is what I really felt that God was trying to tell me. God keeping me from a job, not out of anything malicious, not because he wanted to watch me squirm, but God kept me from a job because he kept watching me on this hamster wheel of doing and doing more and trying to fulfill this role that I thought I needed to be good and to be worthy. So all the while, God was trying to call me to him and tell me, really, it's not about what you do, but it's about who you are. I take time to pause and ask myself, who am I? Well, I'm a mom, but that left me unfulfilled. I'm a wife, but there's not enough things to do in the day with that. And I'm an exercise physiologist, and I love that because I could help people stay healthy. And in some of the areas that I worked, I would help people diagnose their diseases or possibly, you know, those testings would lead to surgery and life-saving events. But all of these things we can get lost in, these are all titles and roles that we play. So as I mentioned, those things left me unfulfilled or I never felt completely worthy or my cup wasn't full, right? We try to get better at these things and try to think that mastery of these things, of these roles that we play will bring us fulfillment. We get better at our job. We get more schooling. We move up the ladder. We get more involved in our kids and in the PTO and the schooling, or if we're there at home in the homeschooling and the teaching and the learning, and we do more and we do more and we do more. But where does that leave us? For me, it just left me exhausted and joyless and still longing for the same thing. But now I was just more tired and more short-fused because I kept trying to achieve this fulfillment and this fullness and this wholeness on my own. And I knew who God was. I had been baptized a few years prior and ultimately I had, you know, become saved at, or been saved at 17 and never was really guided or shown what that meant. But I was baptized in 2016 and I knew who God was. I knew John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I knew those things. And I knew how to let Jesus save me for eternity. But what about right now? I was sitting at this point and I wanted so many things for my life. I felt like I needed all these things to be important or to be worthy. And I just couldn't believe that God wanted me for eternity, but what was he going to do right now? Like, did I just have to suffer and wait? That just didn't sit. That didn't make sense. I needed him right now. I was lost. I was depressed. I was lonely. I was everything that is far from Jesus, right? Because 
Those are not the fruits of the Spirit. That's not Jesus. I did not have peace. I was still striving. I did not have joy, even though I had a beautiful family. And on the outside, it looked perfect. Like I was joyless. I could go through the motions. I could have a good time. I could laugh or be happy here and there in spurts. But I honestly was joyless and depressed. And I took those feelings on as my identity too. So I knew that Jesus... I let him save me. I knew he loved me and had me for eternity. But what about right now? What about right in that spot? What about right at my rock bottom? Where was God? I knew God was at a distant God, right? Because just like John 3.16 said, he came to the earth to be with his people. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to live and guide us at every moment after we accept Jesus as our Savior. So what I really went looking for was a deeper meaning of what it meant to be in Christ, what it meant to be, quote unquote, saved. In John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, chose to believe his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God. So for all that receive Jesus and they believe in his name, he gives them the right to become children of God. So a child of God. Okay. So that is now my identity. Those in Christ Jesus are children of God. It sounds great. So then I needed to know more. And for me, Romans 8 is part of God's heart, right? It's titled in my Bible, Life Through the Spirit. And if you haven't really read it on your own, please go and read it for yourself. Romans 8. Take time and study in it. Get yourself out, you know, a study Bible or do some Google searches and go deep in it because it is so life-giving. So I'm going to read. I told you this episode will be full of scripture. I'm going to start at Romans 8, 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to the mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brother and sister, we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. There it is again in 15. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. And understanding Romans 8 and really sitting with this scripture is what changed my life. 
if I understand that I am a spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, think about what power I have access to, what power you have access to. But it's only accessible if we believe that that's true, if we believe that Jesus came and saved us, and then we are transformed. Our identity is new. I no longer sit here as just Kelsey. I am now a co-heir with Christ. I am a daughter of God. We're adopted into the sonship, right? Sonship means sons and daughters. Adoption. God becomes our dad, and he sees us as children of God. But I have to believe that in order to have power and access to the power that can raise Jesus from the dead. And that power, living in that power day to day is what has freed me from depression and loneliness and a warped self-image and the fleshly desires of cravings and temptations from food. Just like it says right here in Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Another point is that in 2 Corinthians 7, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And accepting this as my identity, as accepting Jesus as Savior, and then letting all the truths brush over me, the truths of the Bible, it didn't lead me into fear and it didn't lead me into slavery. We submit to the Holy Spirit and our actions might be changed, but in no way is that binding. That doesn't bind. We always have access to free will and we can choose to do it our way. We can choose to do it good or we can choose to do it evil ways and away from God. But when we choose to do it God's way, a holy way, a good way, it's life-giving and we're set free. We are not made slaves. And that's exactly what it says. The spirit you received, this is in Romans 8, 15, the spirit you received does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. That spirit that you received does not come into your life to condemn you and make you feel bad about all the things that you've done. Instead, the blood of Jesus covers you, and now you are a co-heir with Christ. So acting like that and taking that on as your true identity and claiming that first, I first have to be the co-heir with Christ before I can be a rock star mom. I first have to be set free and a co-heir with Christ before I can be a wife and a, a great, you know, lover to my husband. I first have to be my true identity, which is saved by God, which is righteous and holy because of him. It's nothing that I can do in my own. Remember, I'm not explaining to you what we do. I'm explaining to you it's who we are as saved Christians, as people that believe in Christ Jesus. It's who we are. It's not about what we do. And the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. And if we're children, we're heirs and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. 
and by understanding and claiming that this is my identity. I'm no longer searching for those titles to fulfill me. I'm no longer searching for doing more as mom, comparing myself to the neighbor and to the women on social media and what they're doing. I'm no longer sitting in that comparison. I'm set free. But I have to decide if that's all that I ever am, if I am only saved and only a co-heir and only in Christ, what if all the rest goes away? Is it still enough? And I'm adapted into this sonship and an heir to a throne. And I am a child of God. And darling, if you believe in Jesus, and if you believe that Jesus is your savior, you too have the right to be called a child of God. So I hope that this episode was eye-opening. That's all I can pray. And I thank you for letting me get vulnerable and share how lost I was before you've met me, before you've got to hear the sound of my voice, before I've got to share some of the great things that Christ has done and shown me the way in. There was a rock bottom. There was a very vulnerable time. So thank you for opening up your heart and letting me share mine. And I just want to highlight this episode for you. Point one is that finding my identity in Christ was really the catalyst to my freedom and my relationship with Jesus. Two, it's not about what you do, but who you are. Three, John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Four, read Romans 8 and pray for God to deepen your understanding of your true identity as a son and daughter of God. And five, finding my true identity roles, no titles, no longer defied me. I received confidence and freedom to be fully myself in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you find the truth too. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this episode has really blessed you. And if it has, please tell a friend and leave a review. I appreciate it so much. Plus it helps to grow the reach of this podcast so more Christian women can find true health too. 